This is Minute 30 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am the improbably named Park Parkinson, your host. With me today is Jody Doyle. G'day, mate. And Megan Sunday. Hello. Today's minute starts with Cher and Ty and Dion. They are walking to school and chatting about what a great job they've done with Ty, Cher and Dion are. And then Ty gets a flyer to a valley party and they set her straight about that and it ends with them talking who they're going to set uh who they're going to set Ty up with. This uh, reiterated how huge clothing was for boys. Mm-hmm. All the guys are wearing the biggest clothes I've ever seen. Yes. Um, Everything is baggy. Everything is baggy. I kind of had some flashbacks. All the guys are staring at Brittany Murphy and Ty as if they've never seen a girl before, which is kind of weird. <laughs> She's really cute. I will say, I mean, not that she wasn't cute before, but they did do a, just makeover terms. They did do a good job. And I think they did a good job in not, for all that they have that sequence in the montage where, you know, they cut her shirt, make it a belly shirt, and she's clearly not entirely comfortable with that. That's right. not really how she's dressed. Like, they didn't put her in some, like, skimpy little outfit or, I mean, she's wearing a short skirt, but she's also wearing tight. I think her shirt is yeah. long-sleeved. Like, it's just, it. they did... They do have a, I think it's a good job of it still being Ty's style, just like cooler. Like she's totally covered up. She's wearing a a t-shirt underneath her cardigan that she's not showing any cleavage or anything. She has her hair up kind of like she did before. Yeah, it's just, I I think that a lot of movies that she would have been, you know, the the real big reveal scene where she would have been in a midriff top and, or like a halter dress or something where she wouldn't have been comfortable with it half an hour ago, but now she's fine. And I think this is just... Every one of these movies is reliving that moment from Greece. Yeah. Uh, where Sandra D steps out and she's, mm. you know, in her like it's like a leather like a like a leather cat suit, I think. Yes. And <laughs> and they don't, they don't in fact the color she's wearing, she's wearing like it's kind of drab. It's like earth tones. It's like green. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a like a like a British racing green kind of green. Yeah. And and that's not how they're dressed. Uh, Cher and and D are dressed in like vibrant colors and I think I want to say like they're not wearing tights with their short skirts. They actually look like I think more... they have knee socks, like the over-the-knee socks. Yeah. And she's got just straight tights on. But I think it's, I, yeah, I've i always liked that, is that I think that there are issues that come up later with, with Ty's sort of makeover. But I think initially, it is just sort of enhance. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Even at the end of the makeover scene where she's wearing, this was like, I think, just before our first minute, where she's wearing the, like, the blue shirt with the heart on it, and she's like, Clapping yeah. and jumping up and down. And uh, and her hair is, is like, down, but it's, mm-hmm. like, bouncy. Um, yeah, that it totally is, like, a believable thing. I would have guessed she would have liked that before. Like, yeah. it actually seems... It's not a drastic makeover. I've just realized mm-hmm. she's gone from bright red hair back to what is supposedly her natural brunette. But to in order to have got that bright red hair i'm pretty sure she would have had to bleach her hair first like you wouldn't have i think been it's able... kool-aid yeah it's kool-aid they What's show Kool-Aid? they show when they rinse her hair out yeah. uh it's, it's a drink mix like a powder drink mix but you would, could put it in your hair but it would wash out a lot easier but it got give you like crazy colors because when they show the the se- people, people put did this drink mix <laughs> yeah. in their hair what the hell are you talking it's like, about what 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 it's what, so what? you don't have kool-aid do you have but you, you have like powder drink mix in yes, australia I know. right we have powdered drink mix but well, i've never heard of putting you it know, in your it's hair. another land jody <laughs> i don't know these things 
Do you have? See, I've heard do of you drinking have the drink? Bridging. You drink, you know, like with the cup. I've heard of drinking the Kool Aid. It's a well-known saying, but I haven't heard of. Oh, he puts the Kool Aid in his hair, dude. That. It's not a saying. <laughs> so before, I mean, it might be totally, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be that she had dyed her hair with Kool Aid, which is why it was that red, and then it's washed out. Wouldn't it be? Because sticky? even if it were like, I never no, did it. You, my mom would have not had that. But no. it's not though. It's. It, I mean, it's. It probably does not look as good as what she had. Yeah. Um, usually, I'm glad I'm, um, I'm learning something about American culture. By the time I was in, by the time I was in high school. Okay, history lesson. There was a brief period where Hot Topic was not terrible. <laughs> and it was in the late 90s before um, before the Twilight movies came out in like, what, 05, I want to say? Yeah. Sort of come out. Oh, oh, 06, maybe? For a brief period in there, uh, in the late 90s, very late 2000s, Hot Topic was not as lame as it later on became. And it was kind of like goth gap. Yeah. Uh, if you were goth and you were cool, you spent more money or, or someone you knew made stuff or, you know, you went to like, um, like Goodwill and like, you know, used it to make your own things. But if you were not as cool, uh, you might go to Hot Topic and buy stuff at Hot Topic. And Hot Topic used to sell, I think they still do. It's called Manic Panic. And it was. That's, that's permanent. No, it's semi-permanent. Is it? So yeah, like re- regular hair dye actually infuses the the strands of hair and changes the color of mm-hmm. the hair. Manic Panic kind of coats it, so uh, you can it sort of add color on top of your own. Now, if you really want to go extreme, you want to be like super red. Mm-hmm. Even using Manic Panic, it's better to bleach it first. Uh, but it does come out. So like, if you bleach your hair and then put that red on it. It will slowly turn pink. Well, or like if you put blue, it will slowly turn to kind of a teal green. In the nineties, um, in the nineties, I actually had long, I had long hair, and I decided to dye it. And I dyed it. I think I dyed it green first, bright green. But I have very long black hair. But stupidly, I just went out and bought hair dye and was like, "Oh, that's all I need, <laughs> isn't it?" So I went out and bought hair dye and brought it back. And my flatmates were like, "Look." We can't dye your hair with this. You're going to have to go out and buy some bleach and bleach it first. Right, right. So that's that's how I that's my experience of dyeing hair. But I do have black I hair, so that's a little bit harder to yeah. change. It wouldn't have washed out like it does in that montage no. unless it was either Kool Aid or she'd just done it. Maybe maybe if she'd just done it and it and it wasn't it was semi permanent. Yeah. Like, that's she did how like, your, a, like a day or two before. That's how your dye. That's how your dye comes out the, the night you do it. Yeah. Not that I know. Only a few years later, this would have been the reverse. They would have taken her somewhere yeah. where they dyed her hair yeah. electric red yeah. instead of washing mm-hmm. that like with like a tinge of purple. They would have they would have made it that way instead of taking that out. But she looks great. She does. She looks and she looks really cute. They popularized her. Mm-hmm. They didn't sexualize her. Yeah. I mean, she is, it's more apparent, like her shape is more apparent than in the baggy clothes she was wearing, but she does not appear to be on display exactly. sexually. Yeah. And, and that goes along with, you know, Cher is like not into high school guys. Mm-hmm. She's not going to try and like make her attractive to all high school guys. It's not her thing. And I also find that interesting because we find out in this scene that Ty is the most experienced of any of them for all that Cher mm-hmm. and Dion act like, mm-hmm. you know, they're so... Dion claims virginity, but Cher questions how real that is. And Cher is definitely a virgin. Yeah. 
And I don't feel like the movie judges her for that. I don't Mm-mm. Sharon Dion. I don't think judge her for that. Like there's they don't a, respond with "ew, that's or you shouldn't do that." It's, there's a moment that I don't know if it. I, I watched it a couple times to see, but it's interesting because when when she says that, because Ty directs that comment to Cher, because yeah. Cher's the one who says, you know, you have something here that no one else does, and Ty goes, "Oh, I'm not a virgin." Dion gives her this kind of once over mm-hmm. that is not judgmental, but it's just sort of. Really? Like, huh? Like, like that has in fact worked to impress Dion, where she's kind of like, huh? Or like, how did that yeah. happen? <laughs> you found someone, but you're so in that capacity, it'd be judgmental. But it's not judgmental about the fact that she's had sex; just yeah. sort of judgmental about. But I'm, and you were, you wore, you wore overalls. <laughs> <See>, like, <laughs> yeah. How could that be? <laughs> or I wonder if the look isn't like she's surprised that Ty thinks everyone else is not a virgin. Or everyone else is a virgin. I think, I think that's Ty's first first uh, idea. <laughs> like, like, oh, you have, something, you have something going for you that no one else does. Well, oh, well. I like that it's not a big thing. And that, you know, there's discussions later where I think that they kind of try to play up exactly how much experience they all have. But in a very sort of high school, like, oh, yeah, no, I've done that kind of way. Yeah. This is when they get handed the flyer to the party. If you're giving out flyers to your party, you're having a giant party for teenagers and you give out flyers, you've got to expect the cops to show up. Like Even before the party starts. Yeah, yeah. Preemptively. I would be like, at the start, I'd be like, where's the keg? Cher and Dee are very, don't, we don't go to va- parties in the valley. I, it struck, they say it's because, you know, the traffic in there takes them an hour to get there and by then they're shut down or it takes them an hour to shut them down. But I, I, it really seemed kind of classist to me. Yeah, like, and they, they make sure to specify us. that it's just the local loadies. Like, it's not yeah. a good party for cool people. Can somebody explain for me the outside of the valley and the, I don't even know where they are, but, you know, sort of the difference? Like, what's the valley like? Um, so, they're in Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. And the valley is sort of and a, uh, what is it, low socioeconomic area? She later says that she's in, like, when, her, when there's a part later where she does say she's in Sun Valley, which, looking up, I mean, seems nice enough, but it's, I think, definitely the, the... not... The As valley, nice. the valley is San Fernando Valley. Yeah, yeah, that's where uh, it is, but it's in San Fernando Valley. The, my impression is that it's it's definitely it's it's middle class, but it's not. There aren't going to be lots of houses that look like Cher's house. Hmm. Yeah, Cher's middle class, like the way British mean middle class, like we would say upper class. <laughs> yeah, the the yeah. middle class in San Fernando Valley is like what the British would say is a working class. It's um. Hmm. It's not people who make 500 bucks an hour uh, yeah. litigating, and it's and they're not going to have big Greek columns in front of their houses. They have their own kind of popular thing, and I would say, you know, Valley Speak is was more an 80s phenomenon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thanks to Moon Unit. The Valley Girl was its own kind of icon of yeah. middle-class America. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember the Valley Girl accent. That was very famous. Yeah. And the traffic in LA is so notoriously awful that why would you go anywhere that everywhere you go has valet? I'm thinking about these flyer parties and like nowadays you hear about parties that go crazy because people let out the details on Facebook. And we have these over here yeah. in Australia. I don't know if it happens over there. I'm sure it does. But the details is about and like you have this little house in the suburbs and just thousands of people show up and it gets trashed and it's sort of mm-hmm. a thing that I've heard about happening. 
I cannot imagine flyer parties being sort of a precursor to that. Just because this, this is the kind of thing I do, I'm looking at um, property values and median income in San Fernando Valley. <laughs> it's gone up. It's not. It's actually better than it used to be. In '97, so a couple of years after this was made, the average, the median price of a one-family home was about $155,000 a year. Wow. Okay, so, you know, so considerably doing well, but not considerably like... Considerably less than shares. Yeah, not like shares family. That's really um, cheap. But in August of 2005, it had reached $600,000. There's a lot of tech companies as well as, mm-hmm. like, film production going on in the Valley. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also a lot of porn. It's called... It's jokingly called Silicon Valley, uh, like Silicon Valley, but... Who are who are your favorite characters? Who do you who do you guys like in this movie? I like uh, Travis. He's the dude. He's very likable. Yeah, he's so cool. Like he's so chill about everything, and um, and his little monologues when he gets up in class are the best part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly feel like it's it's one of those rare movies where I could more easily name the people I don't like, and I mean anything. It's like I don't particularly care for Amber. Uh, Elton. But Amber Amber is supposed to be a heel. Amber's like their frenemy. Yeah. Right. Is is Amber the girl who doesn't like balls coming at her face? Yeah. Yes. In the PE? Okay, yeah. yeah. She has a yeah. note from her doctor. Yeah. Amber who shouldn't shouldn't have pigtails but does, I think. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think that it's one of those movies where all the characters, I find, are just, there's something where you're like, that's good. Like, even if they're not, like, a super favorite, like... I would say that, you know, I like Cher more than I do Dion, but I think Dion has great scenes. Mm. And so, and I I like that that's Cher's friend and that these characters are all together. You know, I just, I don't know. Like, it's, I find this movie just so lovable. (laughs) But I actually like, um, I like Cher's dad. Yeah, no, I do I mean, he's he's an actor I really like, so that kind of makes it a little easy. I feel like in a different, a different actor doing that part could make that character really unlikable. With mm-hmm. practically the same scenes, the same dialogue. He's like too invested in his job, kind of too much. Uh, he really cares about his kid. And he's raised a f- fine young lady, considering mm-hmm. he was doing it, you know, on his own, yeah. slash through a series of wives, for all we know. He's really struggled, struggled as a single dad, you can tell. Like, he's had to, you know. So many sacrifices and so much struggle. I love the way he says her name. It's such a dad. He's so good at that dad way of saying a name. Like when she's just outside his office, you know, or when he's in the dining room, like later on he's working. When there's just, he, she's doing something where he's just like, share. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you're doing something. Get in here. Yeah. And it's one of the things that I find interesting about this whole sequence when they're they're trying to convince Ty that she's not in fact like Travis, that she needs to move on from that. Is that I do think there's an element to that, though, that is very common with people, is that I think everyone has had a moment where your friend describes the person that they like, and you're going, you know, and even if it's yeah. not even a class thing necessarily, or, a, a, well, he's just a, you know, a Lodi, it's, I, I think everyone's had that moment where someone says, oh, well, I, I really like Jared, and you go, really? You know, I think everyone has their own idea of what makes an acceptable partner. And this is, again, Cher kind of projecting and saying, well, this is, you know, I'm only going to date college guys, which she isn't, right. you know, she isn't dating anyone, but these are the only acceptable guys. So, like, what would Cher do? That's necessarily what Ty should do, because 
well, why would you like Travis? I mean, he's funny, but yeah. you know, I was I was going to say one of the things I think I learned probably while I was in college is how important it is to listen to your friends when they say this is a bad person, don't date this person. Like that's good. That's your family and friends should be providing help with that. The the, the things that that Ty sees in Travis are not obviously things that Cher or Dion see in Travis, but that yeah. in their minds that makes Travis sort of unworthy of then dating any of them. But of course that you know it doesn't. It just that's what makes Ty like Travis and not share Dion like Travis. Mm, and <laughs> and I think high school especially is a very touchy area with, well, but this guy's kind of weird, but I, I, I kind of like that. And someone else going, oh, well. And this is where they introduce the idea of uh, her going out with Elton. And oh my God, that is a mistake. Because... And that's just yes. them picking a name out of a list. Like they don't even stop to consider anything that they could possibly have in common except for the fact that they all are in the same like clique it's that he's single it, yeah and he's in the right he's in he's the... single and that his dad you would any concert yeah that's how yeah, that's how our minute ends like that's why elton is great his dad can get you into shows but that was the criteria that a friend of mine had in the sixth grade when she decided that myself and another friend of ours were dating the guy she was dating i mean dating sixth grade but right. His best friend and his brother should also have girlfriends. So we were assigned a, a boy. <laughs> and you know, and I'm going, sure you all learned to care for each other very deeply. Of course. I, I'm interested. I, I wish we knew more about Bronson, who got no, no Bronson. He's the first name. Oh, yeah. Who's available? There's Bronson. And then I got it, Elton. I think it's just in there so they could have they could have the the notion of their going through their mental Rolodexes. They know a guy named Bronson, who's not the guy their high school is named after. I, I just like that that Elton was who they went for over Bronson because Elton yeah. John is way more their speed than Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> who are you, Bronson? What do you look like? Do you wear weird vests? Like, like so curious, huge like jackets. A mystery. Like, who are you? Who are you, Bronson? I don't know if there's even a character that's supposed to be Bronson, because there's a lot of characters named in the credits, right? And there's a bunch of, and there's like kind of lesser, like there's Summer and, and like kind of, so I, I wonder if there's a guy that's credited as Bronson or if he's just a mystery. I, I think we're about, we're about minuted out with our minute. Before we go, is there anything you guys would like to plug? Well, you can find me at The Scrappy Sculptor on Facebook. I make scrap metal and, no, I don't make scrap metal. I use scrap metal and I make art. You can also find me on the Turn to Page podcast. It's a podcast I cannot recommend enough. It's such a great podcast. I love it so much and I feel really honored to be part of it. Megan, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, well, I've also been on Turn to Page, which is a really great podcast and it's a lot of fun and people should check it out. And I also, I recap V.C. Andrews novels at trappedintheattic.wordpress.com. And as listeners may recall from earlier in the week, I am ephemeral. And exists not on this strange interwebs. What you don't realize is uh, Park, Park is actually a gaseous creature. He, he doesn't actually have a form. <laughs> it's just it's we're just weird. looking at a, a picture of a gassy room that the voice is emanating from. It's amazing, really. Really, I don't. I, I am the child of Zephram Cochrane and the caretaker, and I merely float from planet to planet. Yeah. Uh, inserting myself into podcasts. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of As If. Uh, please join us again for Minute 31. Bye. Bye. Bye.
for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Husted, executive produced and hosted by Park Parkinson, with my guests Jody Doyle and Megan Sunday. Follow us on Facebook at As If the Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram at As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shot Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.